Thank you to all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us stand together and sing our praise to God as we start our services today. As we light our Christ candle, we welcome the presence of the Lord in this place as we come and we worship him. Please be seated. It's great to see you all here today, this beautiful weekend. Spring might almost be here. Just a couple of quick announcements. Um, our prayer meetings will continue tonight at 7 p.m. and everyone is welcome to come and pray with us. Also, we have a church council meeting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, the worship committee met last week, so we do not need to meet. But Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., the church council will meet. Coming up next weekend, Friday and Saturday, is Jesus to the Nations. It's normally held in Halifax, but this year it is being held in Sydney Mines. There will be Jesus to the Nations. It is a missions conference. There will be speakers who are involved in various missions from around the world, uh, speaking at Monroe Academy. Friday and Saturday this weekend. Free admission. Next, Also next Sunday after church, we're going to have a little bit of a lunch after church together. So everyone is invited to stay after church next week. And we'll have a, a little bite to eat together if you're able to stay. The burial for Viola Bennett will be this Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. And of course this will be at the burial at Brookside Cemetery. And you are all welcome to come if you're able. Any other announcements to share today? Yes, happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> yes, give a round of applause to Bev. We're, she has survived 25 years with me. So. Let's join together in a response of Psalm, Psalm 85, as we open worship together. you were gracious to your land, O God, and restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the offense of your people and pardoned all their sin. You drew back all your displeasure and turned away your fiery wrath. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your just anger toward us. 
Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your wrath to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Let me hear what you will say, O God, for you will speak peace to your people, to the faithful who tune their, turn their hearts to you. Mercy and faithfulness will meet. Justice and peace will embrace. Faithfulness will spring up from the earth, and righteousness look down from heaven. You, O God, will give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness will go before you, and the paths of your feet will be peace. join together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you ascended to your throne in heaven. You did not forget us. By faith, you have extended your loving invitation to join you forever. We thank you for this gift of love and receive it thankfully as we worship you this day. Amen. Let us sing all praise to thee.
The scripture reading today is from the second letter of Paul to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, born of David's line. This is the theme of my gospel, in whose service I am exposed to hardship, even to the point of being shut up like a common criminal. But the word of God is not shut up, and I endure it all for the sake of God's chosen ones, with this end in view, that they too may attain the glorious and eternal salvation which is in Jesus Christ. Here are the words you may trust. If we died with him, we shall live with him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he keeps faith, for he cannot deny himself. Go on reminding people of this and charge them solemnly before God to stop disputing about mere words. It does no good and is the ruin of those who listen. Try hard to show yourself worthy of God's approval as a laborer who need not be ashamed. Be straightforward in your proclamation of the truth. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, we gather here to follow you, to let you lead us both in this earth and to our eternal home. So we ask you, God, to be with us today as we seek to understand your word. And in so doing, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. If you love something, set it free. If it comes back to you, it's yours. If not, it was never meant to be. There are a number of variations on this old, old saying. You'll find it in books and movies and songs and all kinds of places. We're not entirely sure where it originated. There are a few people who have been uh, cited as the creators of various versions of it, but we're not quite sure exactly where the original came from. If you love something, set it free. It's a challenging saying to kind of live out. If we love something, we, we want to hold on to it. We want to cherish it. We, we never want to let it go. Those of us with kids know this well. We love our kids. We love seeing them grow up. But it gets harder to give them their independence. As exciting as it is, it, it's also difficult to see them graduate, to go off to college, to start their homes and their careers their families because we want to hold on to the special moments from when they were younger when they were smaller those memories of of curling up on the couch watching their favorite movie or or trips to the beach or family vacations those kinds of things all those special moments which are hard for us to let go of as they get older and over time the realization sets in the times they are changing they will always be our little babies. We will always love them, likely more than they will ever truly understand. Our children hold a huge peace in our hearts, a peace we'll never release to make room for anything else. Am I right? Eventually, though, we do need to let them go, to have their space, their own lives, to explore the world on their own, to learn, to grow, to make their own choices, even make their own mistakes. They will return. They will always be part of our lives, but they need the freedom on their own to explore, to start their own lives. No matter how much we wish we could take them back to when they were small and relive those special memories. The one thing, the best thing we can do, that we can do for them for their entire lives is simple. Just love them. Love them. It's that simple. But it's a huge thing. Love is the greatest gift we can give, but it's often the hardest to receive. Yet it's always a very welcome gift. We're in the midst of Paul's second letter to Timothy. This time we're in chapter 2, and we remember that this is Paul's last letter that he is writing as he sits in prison waiting for his sentence from the Romans, a sentence that will lead to his beheading, his death. He's the ripe old age of about 60, which is a nice long life for someone in that day. And as he's sitting there in prison, in his older age, he's reflecting on his life, he's reflecting on the church, he's reflecting on his ministry, and he's writing to Timothy to encourage him. And Timothy is quite possibly one of his closest friends. 
And he's writing this for the last time. And he probably knows it. And it's clear that Paul loves Timothy. At the start of chapter 2, before what we read today, he calls Timothy his child again. He called, child his, he called Timothy his beloved child in chapter 1. Paul encourages Timothy to remember the strength he has gained in Christ Jesus. When the things that he has learned from Paul and from others as he grew in his faith and as he grew as a leader in the church. And when we turn to our reading from today, there are three important words Paul says. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. Ah yes, Jesus. He was marrying Joseph's kid, right? Whatever became of him? I heard he was wandering around the country, unemployed, living off other people's handouts. I heard he got himself in a bit of trouble, got himself executed by the Romans on the cross. And to top it all off, they lost his body. Poor kid. Is that how we remember Jesus? Is remembering Jesus like remembering our old elementary school friends that we drifted apart from in high school? No, because Paul says more. Paul says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, offspring of David. This invokes a different kind of memory. Yes, Jesus was a historical person, but Jesus is so much more. First of all, he rose from the dead. You don't see that very often. He's also named as the offspring of David. So now we need to remember David, that, that David was chosen. His family line was chosen to produce a special child, a child that would become savior of the world. This promise was a promise from God to David. And this child is Jesus. He's the same one that rose from the dead. So yes, Jesus is a historical figure, but he is so much more than that. Jesus is alive. He's still alive. And in this past week, we, we remembered as a church his ascension to heaven after his death, after his resurrection. Jesus gathered his friends together, his disciples, one last time, and then to teach them, and then he ascended. He went up to be with his Father, our Heavenly Father, to reign with him forever. This is the Jesus we seek to remember. We take in the totality of his life, his time on earth, what he did, what he taught. And then we remember his sacrifice on the cross. We remember his resurrection on Easter morning. And we remember his ascension to be with God forever. Remember, we remember all of Jesus, his humanity and his divinity. Paul remembers him. Paul preaches about him. He tells many others about this Jesus Christ. The same Jesus that he encourages us to remember. This Jesus is so important that Paul is in prison because he will not stop telling people about this Jesus. He says he is bound in chains for his cause. But, he says, but, but the word of God is not bound, Paul writes. What I do has limits. As a human being, I can only do so much. And when, when my time on this earth is done, there's nothing more I can do. 
Sure, some of my stories might, like, might uh, live on if I'm lucky or not so lucky, depending on the story. But that's it for me. I'm born, I live, I die. I have only a limited number of years to make a difference before I go to join with my Heavenly Father for all eternity. But Jesus, yes, he died, but death could not hold him. He rose from the dead and still lives today. He is of God. I am just a man. And because Jesus is from this God, his influence is still relevant and alive today. His work never ends. His influence will never cease. And because of this, he cannot be silenced. His word, capital W, his word cannot be contained. To contain something means it has a moment in history where it is active and then it stops. But God's word, capital W, God's word cannot be silenced. It cannot be held to just a moment in time. If it was, if you could contain it, then the church would have never ex continued to exist after just a couple of years after Jesus' death. The church would have faded out of existence along with the memories of Jesus, of those who remember him. The church would have never gone on. The fact we still worship Jesus today speaks volumes about the power and the influence of Jesus, the Son of God. It tells us he is still active today. No other historical figure has had this kind of impact. None of them. Only Jesus. Only Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to be with God and is still alive today. No one else has ever been able to do that. Think about the times when you read the Bible. There are times when you're reading the Bible that it seems like it is speaking to you, that the words take on new meaning. And these words are inviting you to explore your relationship with God and how you might change in order to deepen this relationship. Now, yes, I've read books that are powerful and important, that have impacted me. You, you, you read a good story. You learn new things. You might even see someone or something in a new light. But when I read the Bible, it speaks to me. It speaks to my life. It causes me to want to change. It makes me want to learn more about God. But more than that, it makes me want to be with Him for eternity. Other books, they don't have that same impact. They're a good story. They're, they're an escape maybe from the reality around us. But nothing wants to make me change my life more than when I read the Bible. Why? Because like Jesus, the words of the Bible, they are alive. That's why we see the Bible as such a sacred book. It not only holds the stories about God, about Jesus, but it also holds life-giving words, which mold us into being God's children. The words of the Bible, which are the word, which hold the word of God, cannot be contained. They do not exist in a certain place for a certain time. It does not have an end date and a start date. They are still alive today. Paul, in our reading from today, quotes an old hymn that they used to sing in the church. We don't know the tune or anything like that. But the words are that he quotes. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. 
Four simple lines. The four lines that speak volumes about the nature of God, the nature of Jesus, his son whom he sent. The first line was, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. Along with being the lyrics of a hymn, this also echoes some other writings of Paul, that he has, other letters he has written. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul wrote, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And in Romans chapter 6, Paul writes, Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if I have been united with him in death in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Paul, when he was known as Saul, encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And in that moment, Paul gave up his previous life in order to serve Jesus and share his love. Instead of persecuting the church, Paul was reborn and made it his life's mission to build up the church globally. Paul knows from experience what it means to live in Christ. And he also knows what it means to die with him. That is a spiritual death. To give up our sinful lives and receive new life the new life Christ offers, not only on this earth, but for all eternity. The next line of the hymn was, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we endure. If we endure. Perseverance, endurance, doing these things with Christ and through Christ means we will be with him forever. And we turn this time to Romans chapter 5 and we hear Paul write, through Jesus we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Through our perseverance, through our endurance, we find hope. A hope that can only be found in Christ Jesus. And through him, we find faithfulness, we find grace, we find peace. All these things Paul has experienced in his life when he left his old life behind. Things that Paul has found in Christ that he will never give up for the rest of his life. When we endure for Christ, we live for Christ. And then turning back to the, the hymn in 2 Timothy, we read, If we deny him, he will also deny us. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says this, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Denying any knowledge of Jesus has e eternal consequences. 
We are invited to share our faith, to share the good news of Jesus. But if we deny him, if we deny knowing him, Jesus says he will deny us before God. Now, if you think about it, wouldn't you do the same? If someone you know starts treating you badly or stops talking to you or even denies knowing you, eventually you think, well, I don't need this person in my life anymore, right? You would do that. You would just let them go. Why accept someone who rejects you or denies you? But to deny or reject Jesus has much harsher consequences. It means Jesus will deny us before God. We will be denied eternal life with our Father in heaven. That's not really ideal. I will confess I struggle with this at times. If we hear of Jesus but we deny him, if we ignore him, if we reject him, we too will be denied and rejected. We don't want to consider the, the fact that people we know may not join us in heaven. But the words are there, right from the mouth of Jesus. Not everyone makes it. But all is not lost. There's still the last line of the hymn that Paul quoted. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Just because someone might deny Jesus today, Jesus does not give up. He remains faithful. He keeps coming back. He keeps trying. He keeps pursuing us as one who loves us and will not give up on us. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus condemns the scribes and the Pharisees for their lack of faith, their, their lack of love for the people. But at the end of the chapter, he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left for desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. There's still a chance. Jesus longs to bring us together, to love us and protect us. But many are not willing. Yet he says, you will not see me again until you acknowledge him as Lord. Think about the story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to read it, it's a long story, but you can read it for yourself in Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son is a story of a young man who demands his inheritance from his father so they can leave the household and live on his own. By demanding his, his inheritance, he is disrespecting his father. He is saying, you are dead to me. Give me my money. So the young man gets his money and he goes off, but his life becomes overtaken by sin. It's to the point where he has no money left and is living as a slave on a farm. The animals are treated better than he is. At this point, he's hit rock bottom. And then he comes to his senses. He figures it out that if he goes home to his father and he begs for forgiveness, maybe his father will take pity on him and at least give him some food and a place to sleep. So off he goes. What he doesn't know, though, is that every day his father watches from the front step of the house, scanning the horizon, worried about his boy, just wishing he would come home. 
And then one day, the father sees his son off in the distance, coming down the road. And he runs out, he embraces him, and welcomes him back fully into the family. This story is a reflection of God. For those who walk away from God and walk away from Jesus, for those who choose to not have faith, God is waiting for us to come back, to come home. He's still waiting for us to just start walking back to him. And he will meet us there. And he will share his love. Just because we might reject Jesus initially, we still have a chance. He does not give up on us. He's just waiting for us to acknowledge him, to know him, to accept him. And then we receive his love in return. We receive a love that is beyond all measure. A love that encompasses our entire lives and fills our heart to overflowing with the presence of God. If you love something, let it go. The word of God cannot be bound. When God's love fills your heart, share it. Show others what it means to be a child of God. And let them learn of his love themselves. Let his love go. Let it spread. Let it come back to you through the love of others who also know him. We do all of this together as a family, as a church, as a people of God who seek him first and foremost in our lives. When we share his love, it comes back to us tenfold through Jesus and through others who share the same love for themselves. Let God's love go. Do not let it be contained. Let it spread. Share the good news so others may know of him as well. Amen. Let us sing together, Lord, speak to me.
Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Let us pray together. Lord, we gather today ever thankful of your presence among us, your presence in our lives. What a gift it is, O Lord, to love you and serve you and to be loved by you. It is truly a wondrous thing that you would love even us, people who struggle, people who sin, people who make terrible mistakes at times, but Lord, you love us, you wait for us, you embrace us. Thank you. And Lord, as you touch our lives, we now take some time to ask you to touch the lives of others. Lord, we pray today for those who struggle with medical issues, those who struggle with cancer and COVID and other issues going on in their lives, oh God. And we lift them all up to you. We ask your healing touch to be upon them. We ask your wisdom to be granted to those who care for them, for doctors and nurses and caregivers. Lord, may you touch their lives with your healing touch. And may they be full of your love. And Lord, we pray for our province, our municipality, our island. We pray, O oh God, for those who are suffering the consequences of the wildfires. Um, we're thankful for the, that the one in Nova Scotia has been contained, O oh God, and, and largely extinguished. But we pray, O oh God, for the people in Alberta and at West who are so terribly impacted by the fires going on there. We pray for their safety and protection, O oh God. We pray for those who are trying to battle these immense fires. And Lord, may you bring healing rain to that land so that the fires may be washed away. Lord, we pray for other parts of our country that may be struggling today. We pray for our governments at all levels that they may hear the voice of the weak and the broken and do what they can to bring healing and hope and life to those who need it. We pray for our world. We pray for those places suffering the effects of war, of violence, of oppression, of hunger and thirst. Those places struggling with disease and illness. Lord, we pray. We pray that your spirit be there among them, that your healing may come that peace may come. And Lord, we pray for those who are serving in your name in so many places around this world. Lord, we now take this time to lift to you the prayers of our hearts this day.
Lord, in this world that you have created, we believe there is room for all, a place for all. There is peace and healing for all. And you have given us a world that is so abundant in many things. Help us to be good stewards of all that you have given us. That we take care of this planet, we take care of each other, and we take care of the, of the gifts that you have given to us. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to give us light, love, and life evermore. As we pray in his name together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As we respond to the call of Jesus to be his love in this world, we seek to serve the Lord with all that we have. All that he has given us as skills and abilities, but also a portion of which he has given to us to support, to support his ministry, both here in this church and in the world that is around us. Our offering will now be received. Blessed us abundantly with your love. In appreciation of our gifts you give, we respond by offering all we have in the name of our risen Savior. Amen.
Let us sing together, Rejoice, the Lord is King. Friends, lift up our hearts. Lift up again, I say again, rejoice as we come to worship and go out into the world to proclaim the love of God wherever we may go. Not just through words, but through actions, through deeds, as we serve the Lord who has called us to love the community in which we live. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 